With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Leads That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. How are we doing, guys? Yeah, not bad. So James tweeted this morning. This is Monday. He tweeted, is it safe, something like, is it safe to come here and talk? Can we can we talk about it yet? And uh, you got you got very little response, didn't you? Well, yeah, because it's clearly safe. No one dares go on there. So we're talking in the wake of the... Tottenham Hotspur defeat and I I hope that you're going to be on the same page with me where we could talk about the many positives of the performance in the face of the adversity that we were given rather than the bitterness of defeat you've had 24 hours to think about it so you've become ultra positive man to to pull us all forward had we done this straight after I reckon there would have been a little bit more negativity from you I was a bit. I got a bit tasty last night, actually. To be fair, I wasn't happy. Have you punched any holes in walls or anything like that? No, but I do have an Ubri. An Ubri. Yeah, an unidentified beer-related injury. Got really sore elbows, so maybe I elbowed something in a fit of Heineken-induced rage. I don't um, think there's much to be uh, too annoyed about. I mean, yeah, we lost, um, which isn't nice, but. Um, I thought I thought there was yeah loads of positives. Nearly everyone played well, to be honest. Certainly in the first, definitely. And I was praying it was full time at halftime. Sadly, it wasn't. But I'll tell you what my fit of rage was. It was the company I was keeping, which was appalling. And if you're listening, just accept it. You were a bad person to watch the game with. It's my own fault. Went to the pub. Shouldn't go to the pub to watch Leeds games. I feel like I've drawn a line under it now. Never again. It's been a while, but never again. I think my and mum went. I think my mum went to a pub to watch it yesterday, which is which is weird. 
Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was out with Karen. It was terrible. <laughs> Don't say a name on the podcast. That's what people are called. Think everyone's a Karen. It's not, not my fault. Your mum's got a generic mum's name, is it? Yeah, a generic complaining mum's name. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, no, I watched it in the pub, and when I got in, there were two people. Like I obviously knew the lineup. Actually, I shall rephrase that. I had a suspicion around what the lineup may be, and I walked in an, an hour before, and there were these two fans in their white shirts and I thought great there's gonna be a bit of camaraderie and I just walked in bang on half past when the time when the squad comes out didn't know these people whatsoever and they just went oh, for f- oh I went have you just seen the team and then for the next 10 minutes there was just spouting all this negativity I was like come on we haven't lost before the game started like we'll be lucky if it's less than five and then then they were the biggest like they were going mental all the way through the first half and then they were just miserable again in the second. So it just, just reminded me, if I want to be miserable, I should be miserable with people that I know. I was surrounded by scum, basically. And I'm, it was just a bad place to be. I didn't think it was that bad. Before the game, I would have thought I thought it would have been good to come away with something. Um, so I'm not surprised that we lost. And then when you look back at it and you look at the team and and how much we had to move players around, like Pascal at left back, you know, it's not surprising, is it? But I thought that I thought he did a, he did a good job, and he they kept Kane and Son at bay, and that was that was half the problem. We we loaded so much into stopping them that it was always going to create a bit of space for the midfield. Unfortunately, but there you go. Yeah, I don't really know what happened second half. To be honest, um, I, I mean, obviously, it was, you know, that is the one thing. Like Leeds were great in the first half, but being completely honest, like Spurs made it so easy for us. They weren't. They were just not even really trying i mean they were just mm. sat back happy to let us stroke the ball around and do our thing and then yeah i don't know second half just sort of caught us off guard caught us cold a bit um but yeah i mean we still had our moments a few shots didn't we but we never really looked like getting back into it once once we were behind ran out of steam i think adam forshaw had a right shot didn't he i was like oh yeah. that, that would have been nice rasping rasping, rasping. <laughs> great word <laughs> I think the issue was that, as as you say, Rocco, in the first half, they sat back and let us come on to them. And I don't know whether it was too much respect or whatever it was, and they because they thought they could hit us on the counter, but would set up really well to avoid that. So they did have to tweak it at halftime. And I, to be honest with you, I, d- I didn't see us scoring all day. Like I was delighted when we managed it because it just felt like, I don't know. We we got. I felt we got the maximum amount of what we had on the pitch in the first half. Like yeah. it felt almost like a cup tie where we were playing at our absolute optimum and everything was working. And then they did tweak it in the second half. But sometimes I could be really objective and look at it and go, "Do you know what? We're outplayed by the better team." And sometimes I'm just bitter that they scored a bobbly goal a deflected free kick off a post with a tap in. And then I want to I want to debate the penalty thing because El Loco Joe is saying natural position for your hand to be in no way it's a penalty. Whereas there may be alternative trains well, of thought. What are the rules? Honestly, I don't know the rules. So what are the, are the rules that if it hits your hand and it's going towards the goal, it's a penalty no matter what? Or... I think that's last season's rule, oh, and that's what they changed. <laughs> so that, at different times in history, has been a penalty. Yeah. But it's frustrating 
when your hand and it gets subjective again, doesn't it? Is what's a natural position, and that's deemed like standing like a penguin is yeah. deemed to be. But it's almost like position. nowadays you're, you're you're actually allowed to handball it. Like players will just leave the hands there, knowing that they can get away with it because the hands are by the side. And then you see that England San Marino penalty that flicks the guy's nail. Like, <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Like, I mean, yeah, you can't blame the ref for this. I don't think. I think it, it sounds like the rules are just so dead. That's uh, Stonewaller, James. What do you think? The best thing that happened to the referee yesterday was Calvin Phillips knocking him over. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't. Just, it was when you watch replay. He doesn't just knock him over as well. He just sort of grabs him and throws him. It's a bit. Yeah. Of, it, was almost, it was almost like a semi-rock bottom. <laughs> so, so I think it's safe to say that this was probably going into the game. Not even with the team, it's going away to Tottenham wasn't a place that we earmarked for points necessarily. So a lot of people would have said the performance and continuing the the like the form, regardless of the results, was was what we were looking for. Um, are you in that camp, or are you a? I'd rather play shocking and uh, pick up the points. I'm, I'm definitely performance um, 100%. And and I mean, I was surprised when I went on Twitter after the match. I really didn't expect to sort of, which is daft actually, but I didn't expect to see what, what I saw. I mean, you know, the way where we are in the league and the way we've been playing, like that Norwich game, you know, was really poor. And then Leicester was great. And so, yeah, I mean, we needed to build on that. And I think, you know, on Sunday, it looked like the confidence was completely back and it was flowing. And so what's wrong with that? Yeah, right, we lost. Okay, that's not good. But I don't think we've lost any confidence after that game. Not at all. To play well with a team that is so shuffled as well is impressive. And you've got you've got Rodrigo uh, dropping out Rafinha. Rodrigo's played in every game this season, hasn't he? So it's it's like, yeah, big a big change. And I thought it did really well. It's, it's disappointing. That's all it is. And people just need to get over that. Things are heading in the right direction. I think I saw someone else say that, like, oh, you know, we don't know how to hold on to leads. But I think last season we we lost the least amount of points from a winning position. So, of course, we do know how. But, yeah, obviously this season we, we don't seem to be able to put 90 minutes together for whatever reason, apart from against Leicester, I suppose. But, yeah, it is frustrating, obviously. And, and I think we did deserve a draw. Um but yeah, overall, I think we're heading in the right direction, and, and we're looking—you know—we're look, sort of looking back to ourselves. It's, it was a fine, fine, fine line, wasn't it? About the goal, actually, I thought you say it never looked like we were going to score, but that's kind of the way the Premier League is, isn't it? You know, s- some teams barely get a chance in a game, and then all of a sudden they get one and they nick it. For me, that was a, a sign of like a really positive step for us as well. You know, getting. Uh, you know, you know how, how frustrating can Jack Harrison be sometimes where he, he gets into that position and then does very little with it, but he absolutely nailed it. And Dan James timed his run to perfection. It was a great finish. And you think, yeah, yeah that's what we need more of at this level is clinical edge. I was chuffed for the pair of them, really, because essentially they are comp- they're the, each other's direct competition this season because they are understudy to, to Rafinha. And it's likely, if everyone is fit, that it is one or the other. So working together like that and putting in a putting in a shift when they are know that we're relying on them, I think they were fantastic. Especially Jack Harrison's had some real like criticism over the last few weeks, and I just don't under like I know everyone's allowed an opinion, and it's probably ironic saying that because we're 
creating an opinion piece here. <laughs> but I, I don't understand. And if you look back over the hundred and whatever episodes of us doing this, anything we've ever said about players is always tries to be constructive in terms of an honest assessment of, of their performance without a personal attack and a hammering on, on the players. I don't think we've ever said that there's a player that shouldn't be wearing the shirt or is out of their depth because all of us would be out of our depths if we were playing. It's, it's admiration, really. If form's not quite there, you might comment on that. But players who you know struggle with confidence, and like Jack Harrison's regularly attended as you know, sports psychologist to try and improve his confidence and improve his performance. I don't get where hammering and berating and almost becoming an individual attack on players. These people are the same people who are, you know, screaming their heads off and delighted when they score. I just don't understand the mentality. Thing is, like, it's a bit like the Bamford thing. Like, he never he never got abuse in the ground, really. I know Bamford tells a story of Preston away where before the game he, he took a shot and I think did it go in and everyone sort of ironically cheered and I mean that they, did happen. Yeah we were, yeah, we were yeah, there. Yeah. Like, that like, did happen. <laughs> but like apart from that he, you know he gets nothing but support and, and the same with, with all the players in like inside the ground and Twitter's just Twitter. I mean I know people say oh God Leeds fans on Twitter are this and that but I pretty much guarantee it'll be like that with every club surely. Like it's just it's just Twitter, isn't it? It's it's almost like that that's what it is for some people. Um, do, you, do you think, without us sounding like old farts, that it is a bit of a generational thing? Because we just sort of, I could switch off social media and I wouldn't really care about it, to be honest. But they're 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 younger, aren't they? They're like ten or so years younger than us, and it's their life they've been brought up around it. And actually, it's like I think they do absorb it a bit more. And and to be fair, like when we were that age, we probably would have absorbed some of that. Um, and you know for a fact from watching the documentary that players are affected by it as well. Luke Aylin even said it. I mean, someone was saying about him get you know have a heart attack or something. It's like, come on, it's yeah, ri- it's ridiculous. I don't know, and, and I wouldn't. I think you're definitely right. Yeah, yeah, it will be generational. Whereas, like, yeah, we'd have just you know discussed it in the pub, and that's that. And it like it's almost like the conversations don't exist. But in, on Twitter. It's like, you know, in the past, it, it was like a, a letter of every single tweet's like a letter of complaint, isn't it? And mm. yeah, you can imagine the players, it'll be hard not to. I mean, I, I you know, after a defeat, I try not to go on Twitter because I know it'll just wind me up, but I still go on. So I can imagine the players, especially the young ones, like you say, that have grown up with it, um, they'll be it's, the same. It's interesting as well because, you know, how much of it is pressure? Do they feel pressure to be on social media? Because it's like they are a brand as well, you know football career is a short-lived thing and it's bring back Grayson get it get it all banned (laughs) (laughs) I'll quote you on that one day (laughs) any other key points coming out of the game or we're just going to go with this generally positive vibe um I would say that that sounded like the biggest library in London yeah I was embarrassing at the end when Conte was Ging them up. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like I, I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost more embarrassing to like respond to it as well because it's like an admission that you've just been like, oh, you know, what are we doing? Why are we just sat here in silence? But yeah, I, I was shocked. Like his first home game, like in the first half, it was it was just completely silent uh, from the home fans. Yeah, absolutely shocking. I think we silenced them. Yeah, you could say generally positive vibes. I like it. Although I don't have a point of reference because I don't tend to watch Spurs games. I was thinking about Conte and his wafting arms that you just did then, Paul. 
and I was thinking about him in the sh- I was thinking about him in the shower this morning. <laughs> there you go. It's it's funny what comes to you, isn't it? But um, yeah, I was just thinking like we don't really realise that Leeds is such a unique thing. Like we we have a one club city that is really on the up, and you've got a lot of these um, clubs, you know, London based clubs, where it is just tourists that go and watch them, really, isn't it? And Fingers crossed, I don't think we'll ever really have that because it's a completely different proposition when it's when it's the city. And, you know, I, I, half, half my family's from Leeds and I do, I've always just felt like Leeds United is just an extension of you. I know it sounds cheesy, but it is, isn't it? It's like when, when the city's doing well, the club's doing well. When the club's doing well, the city's doing well. And I don't know, it's just, it's not, it's not really just, you're not just a supporter of a team. You haven't picked a team from somewhere in the UK. That is your city and that is your club. I think it's really important that people don't get short-sighted on the current league position. And because, as you say, the general culture around the club and the city and the sort of synthesis between the two is, is if you look at the overall trajectory over the last three years, it's massively on the rise, and you look at the things going on outside of the results and the the seemingly investment towards us being a uh, investment arm of the San Francisco 49ers. It's all changing in that way, and I think it probably does. Well, it doesn't depend on us being a Premier League club, but I think in the long term it does. So we'll we'll have to see how that pans out. But just keep kind of keep the faith with it. They would probably need a, a little discussion on on the injury front because that's a tough. Like we've got a, our main chant that we sing, they're all out. <laughs> you love a bit of follow, 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 James, don't you? I do love that song. Uh, well, we're just we're going to need a new um, a new song for the for the new breed of grey on the bench as well. Fifteen, yeah. Is that, that some dragons of the year eleven? Didn't they? On uh, it's like that blows my mind. Yeah, it's Good amazing. Honor. It's amazing. It's like Eddie Gray might even be like his great great granddad or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just it is crazy, isn't it? A fifteen-year-old on the bench. It's amazing. He but, needs to get breeding. Get the next one through already. Yeah, like, I think the the cynics amongst the fan base suggest that that is a Bielsa ploy to show, despite what his words say, this is what I need to do. I'm taking a fifteen-year-old here, but equally. I don't really buy that. I know I've just said it. I'm just saying <laughs> views that people have because all the noises are, it's him who wants this thin squad. So which one's right? He I wants think, a thin squad or uh, he's a clever man who puts 15-year-olds on because he really wants 20 millions on a new midfielder in January. I don't think it's a call to the board or anything or like Andrea Robertson or anything like that. But what I do think it is, is it's a call to the players that, anyone can step in here you know and it's it's it gives it, it does two things doesn't it it kind of promotes the youth players to think anyone can get on that bench you work hard enough you can get on it or you can get in the starting team look at Gelhart. and the other way around it's got the older players who are first team players looking over the shoulder thinking bloody hell like i could lose my spot to a 15 year old here i think it's i think it's it's brilliant that's exactly what you want you know and, and a bit like um a bit like Aileen being well, I mean, they're all out injured, but a bit like a bit like Aileen being out injured and Shackleton coming in, he must have thought, 
how the hell am I going to get back in because he was playing so well? And then you look, Shackleton's out. It's like never ending. So I think it's just to show opportunity in short. Two yeah. key points here, James. Number one, we didn't talk about Gellhart's debut, which we really need to. And number two, you've consciously made an effort to pronounce that properly, haven't you? Yeah, I pronounced it uh, incorrectly before. I don't know why. It's so easy to say Gellhart, isn't it? And add, put another D in there. Um, just easy to say, Joffrey. Like problem, we know it. You want, sorry, That's... the D's in the wrong place. It should be in the middle, not not before the T. It just makes it all very awkward. Yeah, Joffrey. Let's tell his mum on Twitter. Just call him Goffey. Goffey, that'll do. So, how did you think he fared? Very well. Yeah, I was very impressed. I uh, I hope he keeps his place forever. He, he looked great. Got a hell of a pile driving shot behind him. Yeah. He'll release a few raspers in his time. He's not he's not far off like having a brace or scoring scoring three in a game. He'll go from none to three, won't he? He's that sort of player. He there was a there was a shot in the second half that he had where he just cut inside and um yeah, he, he's amazing. He's the future. I mean there was a shot in the second half he had where the England captain cheated and deliberately <laughs> wafted his hand at it to prevent when you, that is the frustrating thing. I know we've touched on this already, but when you look at the angle, you're like, oh, yeah, that's going in the corner. Yeah. Don't worry. Harry Kane's blocking it with his hand in his natural position. I don't think uh, anyone really made a deal out of um, Gellhart getting the call ahead of Roberts. <laughs> like People are more bothered about Roberts actually coming on, but it's oh. quite a big deal that Gellhart got the, you know, got the nod to start up front. Is that Lou, Paul? Yeah, loop me up. <laughs> Just getting excited about Tyler Roberts. I'll tell you what it is. It's zero base emollient cream, and I don't know why I picked it up. It was just there in front of me. That's kids for you. Yeah. Um, it's mine. But anyhow. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Tyler Roberts thing is another one that I don't fully understand because whilst he isn't necessarily having a massive influence on the game in a positive oh, good. way, I'd, like, I, I didn't watch Tyler Roberts yesterday and get incredibly frustrated by him. I think he may just be the latest escaped goat that we have at the uh, club. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. And 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 it's it's one of those things as well where are we hindering his actual performances because we're landing so much pressure on him as well? Because, you know, there is so much, let's be honest, hate from some people, which is just nonsense. I think just give him an easy ride. It all comes back to the same thing. Just support them. It's not doing any good berating anyone, is it? He's still going to get 
put onto the field. So what good's it going to do? Yeah, I, I mean, I I uh, I do think he's you know probably the least performing player. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like he can, you know, you, you can see why Bielsa thinks there's a player in there. But at the same time, I mean, he's played how many times under Bielsa? He must have played like getting onto 100 appearances and, you know, he's probably scored like six or seven goals. And, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't, you know, his stats don't don't really back up the chances that he's had. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a hater, but I'm... Um, I'm I'm definitely not his biggest fan, and I was happy. Uh, I was happy to to see Joffy get the nod, but um, yeah, I, d- I don't like slagging him off either because <laughs> he gets so much abuse. I can see why Gelhart's ahead of him now. Yeah, you can easily see that. And I think for Tyler Roberts, uh, his age and his experience, he gets more consistent minutes probably for Wales. Although to be fair, he's on their bench a lot. But equally, he's one of those classic ones where you say, right, if we had the depth. For him, having a solid run in a championship side is exactly what he needs, and it's the kind of make-or-break thing. Because if he goes and has a decent run, then brilliant. He might come back in reinvigorated. Equally, I kind of worry that if we get relegated, he's going to be our main guy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> like ditch that thought. Ain't happening, ain't happening. So, uh, yeah, the injury list then. No, it's brutal. Um, but... You know, we still had 11 players that did a job. The bench obviously wasn't strong. We could have done with some options, um, but I don't know. It just really annoys me when people go on about the small squad when the the injury list is so large. It's not like we've got, you know, three players out and we're struggling. Like, it's eight, um, you know, seven or eight proper players. So, yeah, I... It is what it is, and we'll get through it. And we had the same. We've had the same every season, even last season. People seem to forget, I think. But yeah, it was it was only when we got our players back or the defenders back that we put a massive run together. So there's no reason why we can't do it again. So the same people hating on Tyler Roberts are probably. I've, I reckon if you do a Venn diagram, there's a big common theme here of the same people who are hating on uh, Junior Furpo. I just don't think it's probably the same people who are hating on Dan James as well. We took them all right in the center of that Venn diagram. I just don't, I don't think that either those players, I think Dan James is, has had way more time and is showing what he can do now with the consistency. So that kind of drops off when he gets a goal. But for the Furpo people, I honestly can't say that I've seen enough of him play to, to have formed a, a proper judgment. To be honest, I um, I, I am one of the Furpo people, I think, that you refer to. Because, like, I know people say that, you know, it, well, obviously it has been, like, he's had a really interrupted time. It's gone, you know, not good for him. And a bit like Rodrigo last season. But then at the same time, like, it doesn't, it, it seems like he needs a rocket up his ass. Like, he, he doesn't he doesn't bomb forward for the over. He looks unconfident. Like, he looks like he's, he looks rusty, which you maybe should expect. But, like... I don't know. For for like we needed a first choice left back and we've gone and got someone and for him to not show really any signs of of being a Bielsa player, it does worry me. So after me. everything after everything we said earlier, you're saying he's not fit enough to wear the shirt rocket. He's shy, to get him out. <laughs> How many appearances do you think he's made? Uh seven. 
six. So you've got a pretty strong opinion there on uh, <laughs> someone who's uh, barely tickled the grass. Yeah. But, but to be fair, he has. That is uh, the problem, though, isn't it? He has created my uh, low point of the season, I think, which was that miss at Newcastle when yeah. I threw myself you, on my knees. You've, you've, you've got to remember, though, as well, that he's come in trying to fill the sho- shoes of someone who's a bit of a cult. Uh, Alioski, you know, was <laughs> was an absolute madman and everyone loved him. And, yeah. he, and, and he lived through a period of the club where we ascended into the Premier League. So whoever was going to come in there was going to be in for it. And I, I think that's probably the same of a lot of positions in the team as well. Yeah, it is. It is. But I just, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see, I'd, li- I'd like to have seen more of, I mean, like leading up to that city that he missed, he did really well. That was probably the best thing he's actually done for us. Like bombed forward out of defence um, and sort of set up the chance. But yeah, I, j- I just wanted to see more. He played well against Watford. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been disappointed. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah it's, fair it's fair enough. Not writing him off. I was only joking. Come on, junior lad. <laughs> I I go back to that Newcastle game, and I came I came away from it really positive. Don't know why, because draws are killing us. Like we've yeah. lost the same amount of games as Man United, much higher than us because of the the victories. That's what sets it apart. I tell you what killed me about the Newcastle game: the amount of bloody injuries we got. Well, exactly, and that's the point. <laughs> That I came away positive, but actually we lost Bamford, we lost Ailing. I looked at the bench and thought it was inexperienced that day, and it's, it's we haven't progressed. And actually, that game, equally looking back, was so winnable, and the chances that we did miss, it's uh, incredibly frustrating time. Um, and had we gone on and won that, but let's not look back. Let's look forward. We've got nine games in the next forty days, and some of them games like yesterday where you've got a chance to just go there and let's use the free hit phrase. It's a bit of a free hit. The the expectation is not there. So you're hoping to pick something up, but no one's going in expecting it. Then we've got games like the next two where I think the pressure is ramped up. Like not necessarily because we're playing against opposition who are like, I don't think either of these two teams, in fact, the next three games, I don't think any of these teams have actually struggled particularly this season. In fact, they're in much better positions than we are. But the fans' expectation is that we should go and get something at Brighton. We should get something against Crystal Palace. And we should get something against Brentford. So, And those games are in a real tight... That's three games in a week, isn't it? So what we're going to do in these fixtures, boys? Sometimes fixtures close together work in our favour. Because hasn't everyone else got this as well, you know, and, and we are one of the fittest teams in the league, so you think we'd fare well. I think we'll I think we'll be all right. If we get a couple of players back, which it sounds like we probably will, then I think we'll be in a good a good position. Who do you think's back next? Is Rafinha just a little bit poorly or is he you know very poorly? He looked fine on that private jet. The uh, the poor company I was keeping yesterday suggested that if he was with Fred, he got the Fred curse and that's why he's actually Unable to uh, play. did you watch it with a Man United fan? Fans are very loose phrase, but <laughs> shocking behaviour. I've literally had no mates yesterday. Well, uh, I think we'll beat. I think we'll beat them all. We'll beat, win the next three. Next season will explode into life, and everyone will be happy. There you go. Geldhart's right. going to score uh, nine in those games. Who's sorry? And the show Geldhart. Geldhart. <laughs> giving him a D. 
we can't possibly play as badly as we did against Brighton last season. Um, so yeah, we do we do a result down there. Um, have we ever won? We've never won at the Amex, have we? I don't think. No. We watched. Oh, and I'm pretty sure we've never won at Brighton in the top flight. I've never scored at Brighton in the top flight. If we've probably only played about three games there, but yeah, I think they were wheeling that stat out last season. Uh, oh. So yeah, should win four 0 there. Paul, didn't you meet Doc Cotton at the Amex once? I didn't go to that, but uh, they did, yeah. A few of the Cotton. Yeah. If, uh, if either of the other pair were, were they'd be telling you that, certainly, yeah. There's a picture of one of them with Doc Cotton there. It's so <laughs> random. Yeah, utterly, anyway. utterly random. Well, I'm just having a look through our history at the Amex, and uh, yeah, yeah, they beat us. In fact, we don't have a very good history against Brighton at all. We've won twice in the last million games. Oh, good. Oh, they... Del. Del scored that goal, didn't he? Beat him 2 0. Correct. On the 18th of March 2017. Uh, no, that was false. 17? He wasn't there. That was, that was two Chris Wood goals. Ah, right. A penalty, the second one. And they were, yeah, that was when they were good as well. Well, we beat them at the Amex. Oh, no, that was at no, that was at yeah, I remember. Uh, lovely header, looping header. Bit like Viduka. Bit like Viduka. Chris Wood's scored 100 Premier League goals since then. Has he smiled remember. Has he smiled once, though? Is that his stats? No idea. No, I just can't, I can't see anything about the Amex and us being any good there, so just going to say no. Well, you know, there's always chance for Leeds that. Uh, they haven't won a game in like eight. Right, everyone's still talking this thing, right? People media pick up on stuff and use it as a uh, like a, a rhetoric that they use. And the rhetoric is that Brighton are really good. So are they good? They're amazing. They're amazing. No, no, I don't think so. They're, they're, they're nothing special at all. There's a buzz around Potter, isn't there, for, some, for whatever reason? Because he yeah. managed some fourth league bloody Norwegian side and now he's like the Messiah. Well, I, I overheard a a couple of blokes talking in a queue to something yesterday and they were like, oh, what, what are you looking for? You know, it could be anybody. You're looking maybe a Brentford could drop from somewhere or, uh, and I'm like, just looking, Brentford have lost four out of the last five games and they drew on Saturday. Everton have lost four out of the last five games. There's some teams on absolute stinking runs. Yeah. Manchester That's United. A long, a long, long, long way to go. Like, nine, what is it, like seven games and then it'll be halfway stage. So, Everything can change very quickly or over a, a long period. We're not, we're not, we're not even at the third way stage yet. Everything could change tomorrow or in a hundred days. <laughs> it might change, and it might not. We're going to be fine. It's absolutely fine. We're a good team. There's no no worries here. At the what? Well, I you say there's no worries. I have worries. Rafinha going in January. Nah. No chance. Do you do you really think that's possible? It's impossible. No one can it's not impossible. It. It's for stupid money with decent replacements like lined up, and we don't even we wouldn't even directly replace him. Maybe like ton of money would turn him into the midfielder or two midfielders that we need, plus another winger. I've um, I've heard a rumour that I'm just starting that um, we signed Dan James uh, to cover for selling Rafinha to Man U in January. That's what I've heard. 
You've heard or you've made up which one? Uh, I've just heard it, but I made it up a minute before. Uh, okay. <laughs> heard it in your head. <laughs> no, he's not going anywhere. There's not a chance. He'll be completely fine as long as he's not uh, terribly ill. Did you think at the end of your say, when people talk about this as well, that Calvin was disgruntled and he was a bit outspoken and stuff. Do you think he was just taken out of context or was he actually saying, don't really know why I played in central defence? Yeah, uh, just just Calvin giving his uh, giving his honest answers. I don't I don't read anything into that whatsoever. Did you listen to him saying it? Yeah, didn't he? He was like he was he was laughing a bit, wasn't he? And he wasn't really. He said, "Do you know why?" And he's like, "No, not really, but you know, it worked for us." So it's 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 kind of like he they don't know the answers, do they? They don't know why they've been asked to do stuff no. half the time, but. They trust Bielsa, and that's the. To end be honest, of it. like he did go on to the thing that I found like maybe a little bit more concerning was when he mentioned game management because he sort of pulled a face before that, and he looked. I don't know. It just sort of looked that looked more like um, you know um, questioning the manager rather than him play. Well, how how could anyone say that he was questioning the manager playing in defence when it worked so well? You know, it's, it's like a total mute point. There's, there's no way he questions the manager. In my book, having you know conversed with him directly on the matter, <laughs> I just I just don't see that. Like, there's become a a little myth around. Oh, Calvin's more content in the England squad. Oh, he's clearly had his head turned. Like, you just, like people invent all sorts. They must have boring lives if that's what they want to make up. It's just interesting to talk about stuff like that to other people, isn't it? It's kind of like you know, even from a press point of view, it's like right what could we do here because he's pretty settled we're not going to get any news out of him let's ask him a question that might be controversial oh he's answered it in a controversial way here's our news story it's like yeah. move on yeah. do you remember in the summer james when you accused us of looking unsettled because you thought we were rushing so we could go and watch love island <laughs> yeah what are you watching tonight oh bloody hell it's i'm a celebrity isn't it boom 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 yeah <laughs> We've we've made a decision to not watch it because it's bloody time sapping, is that thing? It's very time sapping, and when when it goes, you're left with this void in your life. <laughs> a void, yeah. Come off it. What? <laughs> no, I don't really watch it. <laughs> not for seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, probably half an hour want to fast forward all the adverts i'm not stupid no just uh, hopefully the next time we speak that there should be a few few more players back to just bolster those numbers i think the adam forshaw's form and everything it it genuinely has been like a new sign and it is a cliche but without him we would be we would be so light at that moment in this moment in time it's kind um, of it's kind of ironic in it that adam forshaw walks in he's like yep yeah, fit again lads <laughs> everyone else collapses around him <laughs> The thing is, we had a lovely platform that we built yesterday by the hard work in the first half, but we are so threadbare. We, we, it's almost like if you compare it to a Formula One race, like you get out there and there's a certain number of laps to get through. And when we're making the pit stops, we just don't have that new set of tyres or something along those lines. We just don't have enough quite in the engine and everything else to get through the full race when you're competing against a machine like Tottenham's. So... Uh, there you go. That's my Very knowledge. Nice. Very nice, that Paul. Very nice. Yeah, I might try and do something else with that. It sounded quite good. 
write an article or something. Rocco, yeah. you can have that one. Stick it in your next book. <laughs> <laughs> When's your next book out, Rocco? It's uh, January 31st. Yeah, there he is. Finished. Fact, signed, oh, yeah. delivered at the weekend. Oh, but really? you're, you're churning these out faster than David, David Williams or Walliams. <laughs> he he yes. does a load of books. Uh, yeah. Um, is this yeah, a kid's it's good. It's exciting. Is this a kid's book? It's about the kids. <laughs> don't play kids. You don't win anything with kids. That's it. No, hang on. That's about scum. Yeah. We nearly won something with kids. Hilarious yeah, babes. True. Did he refer to them as babes? Babies. Babies. Yeah, babies. It's a bit weird Maybe calling we babes. Kept the babies in the team. We might have won something. But it's good. It's a yeah, very uh, a very interesting story, and uh, it was a great time to be a football fan. Uh, a few anecdotes in there. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's I think it's really good. But I would say that I'm looking forward to it. Mm. They're not babies anymore, are they? I can think of at least three of them that are, that are managers. Uh, does thank you include what's his face, Harry? Kay. Yeah, him. Yeah. I was thinking about just starring his name out all the way through, but I did. <laughs> I did just. I did have to on a history and uh, talk about him in a, in a positive light for his football until oh. disgusting thing. I would have loved that. That would have been so good. <laughs> I know it was very tempting, but because uh, presumably like with modern technology, you could just go find and replace and find. <laughs> 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 yeah. If it's not too late, I think we're going to, you know, can I ask for uh, yeah, the second edition that has, uh, has Harry <laughs> out, please hashed out. Yeah, no, but I'll just I'll tip X. I'll do a tip X job in your in your signed copy. Yeah, thanks. That'd be James. Lovely. When you edit this, can you make every time we say, can you like put a sweary beep thing over it? Yeah, I'll put a beep over when we say Harry. Don't, don't create loads of work for me. <laughs> right. Well, I think we've had a very jovial podcast to say that we got B at the weekend. So uh, well done, guys. We made it. We're there. Right, well, double header next weekend, so... We didn't do Man of the Match, but we'll leave it for this week. Well, it's not really a match day podcast, but if we do, I'm going to give it to... Uh, Jack Harrison, really correct. Done. Old pillow foot. Harry Kill. <laughs> <laughs> right, have a good week. Yeah, cheers for that, guys. Cheers, lads. Podcast Network.